Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We're in a series called Confident. Say confident. Confident. We're in a series called Confident. We started last week. It's about how we need to have confidence in our life. But I said last week that it's not a series about self-help because the fact of the matter is that myself can't help, right? So this is not a self-help series. This is a series about leaning into God to find out what He has to say about confidence, what He has to say about faith. A more churchy word for confidence is the word I just used then. It is what? It is faith. Faith. Our key verse is Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Is there something in your life, church, that you are hoping for something to happen? That is the faith that you have. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Faith is the confidence that God is who He says He is and that He will do what He wants here today that needs that kind of faith. God, you are who you say you are and you will do what you say you are going to do. It's the confidence in the truth of God, of who God says we are. The truth of God's word, the truth of what he says about himself. And I encouraged us last week as a church to declare these truths over our lives, over our families, our workplaces, our homes, our suburbs where we live and in our church. And I hope you did that. I'm not going to get a show of hands. But I hope that you did that because as you lean into God, can I tell you something? There's something that stirs in your spirit. There's something that stirs alive in your life as you say, God, my confidence, my trust, my hope is in you. And if you miss that message, you can do what? Get on the podcast and do what? Listen, yeah, you can get onto YouTube. I'm going to get on the podcast and jump on the YouTube. You can watch those things. That'll be amazing. Let's pray today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time this morning. We spent time worshipping you, praising you, Jesus. I pray right now as we get into your word that we'll hear from your Holy Spirit to change lives, to set people free in this place. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, there was this race that was run, uh, run a number of years ago. And uh, as they were running along, uh, they were coming to the finish line and there was a runner who was at the front. And what I want us to do right now is we're going to look to the screen and we're going to watch the last, you know, 10 metres, 20 metres of this race. If you would just do that now, that'd be great. Take my word for it, there's a moral to this story. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a coronation for Tanche Pepio. He's getting the crowd, he wants the crowd to cheer his performance. And at the end, he gets pipped. He gets pipped by Marin Simon of Washington. Face. And you just can't do this kind of stuff, Lewis. You can, and you know, you see his face, and you know, no one has to say anything. They don't have to explain it to him. He'll never make that mistake again. This guy, he's like running along. He's come on, crowd, clap me. He thinks he's going to win, and then what happens at the last minute? Pipped at the post. Someone pipped him at the post. Have you ever been in a race like that? I mean, myself personally, no. I've never been at the front of a race. I was always at the end. But have you ever felt like that in your life at some time, right? Where you're confident about something you're going to do, where you are, something that you know. I mean, maybe a couple of weeks ago, if you were here at the trivia night, you like were like so confident you knew the answer to a question and you got it wrong. Something along those lines. Uh, confident, almost boarding on a little bit of arrogance or cockiness. And it's like you've met someone and you're like, 
they're confident, but they're, oh, I don't know, they're a little bit arrogant, a little bit, you know, like we don't like that in Australian society, do we? We don't want people to be too confident. Hey, church, today you can have confidence to, when I ask you a question, you can have confidence to respond to me this morning. It's okay, all right? You're, you're allowed to do that. You know, we feel, what are we going to do? And there's a thin line between confidence and arrogance. That's why sometimes we can feel like, you know what, I don't want to actually say, yeah, I'm confident, I've, I've got it under control, because we don't want to come off as being arrogant or maybe cocky to someone else, and we, we don't want to get confused with that. Where does arrogance come from? Arrogance is an interesting thing. It's really pride in self. It's having pride in our own abilities, our own accomplishments, our own uh, things that we've done. That's where it comes from. And look at what the Bible says about pride. It says this in Proverbs 16, verse 18. First pride, then the crash. So first, you know, the arrogance, the cockiness, like the runner. He's like, yeah, come on, crowd, clap me, praise me. I'm so amazing. And then he crashes as he realized he got beaten by someone else. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Pride is a confidence, but not in God. It's a confidence in ourselves. It's a confidence in self. And all of us deal with pride in one way or another. I mean, if you have a look at a photo uh, of your family, who's the first person you look for? Yourself. You know, your old school photos. Yourself. You know. Pride is the kind of thing that makes a man pull over on the side of the road and he, he lifts up the bottom of the car and he's like looking at the engine when he's got no idea what he's doing. Like, he's like, but I'm going to pretend I know what I'm doing because I'm full of pride, what I'm looking at. I mean, even in the Bible, we see that there's, there's heroes in the Bible that had issues with pride. Numbers 12, 13, it says this, Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Moses was a humble man. Do you know who wrote the book of Numbers? Moses. I'm the most humble man in the world. I wrote it. Moses writes that. Uh, in the Gospel of John, uh, in, in John, it talks about the disciple who was most loved by Jesus. The disciple most loved by Jesus. And um, uh, we understand that the disciple most loved by Jesus, guess who it was? John. The same John who wrote the Gospel of John. So he's writing about himself, I'm the most loved by Jesus. Can you imagine how the other disciples felt? They'd have been like, this guy... He's confident, but maybe a bit arrogant, maybe a bit cocky, this John. The problem is that confidence and arrogance can be difficult to distinguish. What one person may see as, as being confident in, in God, the other person might see as being arrogant. And what you might think is arrogance might actually be a God-given confidence in a person's life to the way to live their life in the way that they do. The consequences of not walking on the right side of this Thin line, though, can be significant. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, these are all warning markers, danger, in our history books written down so we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They are at the beginning, we are at the end. And we are just as capable of missing, messing it up as they were. Don't be so naive and self-confident you're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. You know, you can look at someone's life and say, man, they've messed their life up. But the Bible says, hey, you are just as able to mess your life up as well. So don't have confidence in how well you've been doing. Have confidence in 
God, cultivate God confidence, or you might want to call it Godfidence. It's a confidence that it's not based on looks, ability, accomplishments, where you are at the moment, what you're going to do, none of those things or money. It's a confidence that comes from faith in who? In God and in what? What He said He will do. Who He says He is. That is the confidence that we have. Have you ever tried to learn a second language, another language? Anyone in this place this morning? I've tried. My wife's Italian. I've tried to learn uh, Italian over the years. I've got past... Um, I'm not even going to say the words I've got past today because I haven't got past very many of them, but it's difficult. But you know that English is actually a difficult language to learn too. Uh, it's a funny language and there's these phrases that we use that sort of don't really make a lot of sense. They seem contra- contradictory. Look, Listen to this one, uh, the, uh, the phrase definite possibility. Someone says, you're going to come over? Oh, there's a definite possibility. So it's like definite, yes, possibility, maybe. Yes, maybe. There, what about this one here? How was it? Were there many people there? Yeah, there was a small crowd. Small crowd, small amount of people, but a crowd of people. Like, you know, you couldn't get in. Small crowd. How about this one? The silence was deafening. It was so silent. I couldn't hear. It was so, I couldn't hear anything, right? What about this one? Jumbo shrimp. I uh, want to order from the menu the jumbo shrimp. So they're jumbo huge, but they're shrimp, yeah, like, like really small. And then the final one, uh, when you're looking for something and you say to someone, it turned up missing. So I found it, but it was missing. Like, turned up missing. Who, may, who comes up with these phrases? They don't make any sense. They're what we call oxymorons, figures of speech which are contradictory or appear contradictory to each other. Today I want to give you another phrase that might seem contradictory when we talk about confidence, uh, but it's how God wants us to live our life. And it's this, God wants us to live with confident humility. Would you say it with me? Confident humility. One more time, confident humility. God wants us to live with confident humility. See, Jesus produces two fruits in our lives that uh, no uh, religious or spiritual truth can produce, no other religious or spiritual truth can produce, and that is humility and confidence. Fruits in our lives that He can create for us, humility and confidence. And we have moments in our lives where we may feel humble, or we have moments in our lives where we may feel confident, but it is only through Jesus Christ and Him working in our lives that we can experience these two things together at the same thing and have humility and confidence at the same time. See, humility and confidence come down to your belief about yourself, how you see yourself. Humility is the natural result of realizing how bad you are. And if you're a Christian here today, you've probably realized at some point in your life there are things that you've done that separate you from God where you've fallen short. We've all done it. We are all doing it even today at this moment. But, they, but we realize that without Jesus, that this feeling can dominate us. This feeling can leave us in a place where we are actually condemned, where we actually feel shame. But on the other hand, we can have confidence as a natural result of recognizing a good situation. You know, I'm in a good place. You know, for whatever reason, I feel confident and strong where I am. But without Jesus, what can happen is we can pat ourselves on the back. 
we can start to say, hey, it is in my strength, it is in my intellect, uh, my ability, my wisdom that I am here where I am today, and it can lead to arrogance and cockiness and all those types of things. James 4, 6 says this, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Confidence without humility ends up in arrogance. Humility without confidence can end up in a place of weakness. Together, they are equally essential for living our lives the way that God wants us to live our lives, to be confident, to have confident humility. I want to share today three thoughts on this idea of confident humility. If you want to write them down, you can do that this morning. Number one, to live confident, to live with confident humility, we need to what? See others as more important. Number one, see others as more important. Turn the person next to you this morning and say, hey, you know what? You're more important. Well, that was pretty quiet. You're more important. We don't like that one, do we? Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. If you thought I was up here today just promoting my own thing, no, backed up by Scripture. Promote others, count others more significant than yourselves. See, Paul says this, nothing builds a relationship, nothing builds a community, nothing builds a church than a bunch of people that are full of humility in their lives. But also on the flip side, nothing tears down, nothing destroys, nothing pulls down more than a place that is full of pride and conceit in it. It can pull it down. See, pride works itself out in rivalry and conceit. Rivalry means you're competing with the other person. Rivalry means that you're always trying to get yourself ahead at the, at the expense of someone else. Rivalry means that you're always trying to better yourself. And it's all about your resources and information and power and title and affection. And conceit means that you have a higher opinion of yourselves than others. Some questions for you today to maybe help you find out where you are on the pride conceit scale. Here's some questions. Do you find yourself always bringing the conversation back to you? Are you always thinking about the next thing you are going to say? Are you only helping for what you might gain? Do you only make relationships so you can profit from them? The silence is deafening. Isn't it? Is it a good question? Is everything around you and you're just looking for an opportunity to promote yourself, to jump in, talk about what I did this week, how good I am, look at all these things. Is it all about yourself? This is selfish ambition and it is anti-gospel. It is anti-gospel. It is anti-Christ. It's about others' church. It's about the person sitting next to you. The person in front of you, it is about others. See others as more important. What happens when I see someone else as more important than myself? What happens when I start to say, hey, God, move in my life, that the person next to me, the person I see down the street is important to you, God? There is something that changes in our lives. We start to treat people differently. We start to see people. How? 
how Christ sees people. We start to believe for God to move, not just the prayers in our own lives. We pray for prayers for the people around us too. Why? Because others are more important. We start to care for people as God cares for people. We start to want to see the best in them and for them as God wants to see the best in them and for them as well. Number one, to be confidently, uh, to have confident humility, we need to see others as more important. Number two, see what others are going through as just important. See what others are going through as just as important. Philippians 2.4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Don't just look to your own interests, the Bible says. Look to the interests of others. Look to what other people are going through, what's happening in their life. Confident humility expresses itself by having an assurance that God is for you, that God is with you, that He cares for you. And so it frees you up to share your strength with others, to share what you have with others. When you are confident and you have humility working through your life, you are confident to share your strength with others. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you're like, no, I can't share this what I have because if I do, I'm going to lose out. Well, when you are living a confident life with humility, you will say, I will share it with others because what they are going through is just as important. See, when we don't have confidence, we're more concerned about our lives than we are concerned about the people around us. We're more concerned about what we're going through. We say things, you don't, you, we say things like this, you don't know what I'm going through. You, we say things you don't understand. We say things like this, what about me? It's not fair. It's like, what about me? You know, it's like, we, it isn't fair. And today I want to let you know something. Maybe today you're going through something right now and maybe you're overwhelmed and Maybe the pressures of life are pressing on, pressing on you from every side. Maybe there's things that are happening. Maybe there's uh, uh, health issues or financial issues or you're, you're busy, you're flat out. Maybe you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You just don't know, how am I going to get through this, what I'm going through? Maybe life is tough. I want to let you know something today. Number one, well not number one, but firstly, Gabby and I, we're here for you. We're here for you. There's other people in this church. They're here for you. What you're going through, you don't have to go through it alone. You don't have to go through it by yourself. There are people here who will come alongside you, who will stand with you, who will walk with you, who will pray with you, who will help you, who will help you get the help you need, who will believe with you. You have help in this place. We're a church community that loves each other. But also... What if we paused in our life? What if maybe we stopped? We took a moment. We looked at the person next to us, in front of us, beside us, behind us. We looked at our colleague when we were in the office or if we're online on the Zoom call. We looked at that person on the other side of the video conference or we're driving down the street. Someone cuts us off. What if, whatever it might be, perhaps in the business of your own life, you've forgotten that they have things going on in their life too. With their health, with their finances, with their relationships, with their job, with their career, there's something also going on in their life as well. There's something going on in their mind. There's a struggle. Could it be we need to realize that what they are going through is just as important 
as what you're going through. I'm not discounting what you're going through. I'm not doing that. But what they're going through is just as important. It's not a competition. Oh, my life's worse. No, no, my life's worse. No, 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 it's not a competition. Their life is just as important to God and what they're going through is just as important. Could it be that our prayer is, God, I'm confident in you. God, I want your humility upon my life and you're in control. God, I look at what is going on in my life and I give it to you. But Jesus, I also look, I have eyes to see and ears to hear around me, the people around my life. God, could it be that Jesus, there are things going in people around my life and I just want to see, God, how can you work in me? How can you uh, move through me to help those people to speak in their lives? Lord Jesus, for me to realize it's not just about me, it's about others. To see what others are going through is just as important as what I'm going through. Their life, their struggles are just as important as mine. To live a life of confident humility, we need to see others as more important. We need to see what others are going through as just as important. And number three, we need to see ourselves as least important. See yourself as least important. This is not a really very common, really very popular concept to have in today's day and age. And here at Elevation Church, we want to encourage you and lift you up. And we want to tell you, you've got what it takes with God in you. We want to you come alongside you and just say, hey, you're amazing. You know, we love you. And I believe those things. And we speak those things here. And we believe that and encourage you in your faith and, and whatever you're doing, building people up. That's the culture we want here at Elevation Church. That's the culture we want, right from the top, Pastor Ross, all the way down. But if that leads to a mentality that think, makes us start to think that we're better than someone else because of what we have or what we've done or because of who we are, that we think that we're better than someone else, can I say we're missing the mark? We're missing the mark. There's nothing wrong with being confident, but when you take it to that next step that says, hey, I'm better than you because of X, Y, Z, if you take the next part that says, hey, I'm more important than you because of something or whatever reason that we might have, we need to realize that's not confidence, that's arrogance. We need to realize that that's not confidence, that's pride in our lives. It's not like Christ and as followers of Jesus, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're called to be Christ-like. That means to have the fruits, the attributes, the characteristics of Christ. And I don't see anywhere in the Scripture where Christ said, I'm better than you. I don't see anywhere in Scripture, and, and, and Jesus hung around with people that He could have very easily have said, I'm better than you. But He never did. The Scriptures never say that. He challenged the religious, but He never said, I'm better than you. And today, the cry of my heart is, Jesus, help me to be like you. God, help me to never be arrogant or prideful in my life. Help me to never look at someone and think to myself, I'm better than that person. Jesus, I want to be like you. And I pray, church, that is the cry of our hearts. Jesus, make us like you. The keys could come. Uh, that'd be great. Check this out. Philippians 2 verse 5. Have this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, do not, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Equal with God, but he did not consider it was something he needed to keep a hold of. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, 
even death on the cross. So Jesus, Jesus, He is God. He's, you know, if we put it in our layman terms, He's the CEO of the company. He's the head honcho. He's the number one salesperson. He's the top lawyer. He's the principal of the school. He's the entrepreneur. He's the the man. He's the person. He's the top surgeon, the organizational leader. He's the senior pastor. And he's entitled to get the benefits of being at the top. But the scriptures say, what did he do? He emptied himself. He gave himself. He poured himself out. And we need to hear this church. Jesus considered himself less important than he considered you. As I was preparing my preach this message and I was, I was driving down the street and I was just thinking about this message and it hit me. Jesus considered himself less important than he considered you. Does that, does that blow your mind? God in heaven created everything, has existed for all eternity in relationship, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit considered himself less important, did not grasp to equality, to stay in the heavenly realms, but came to earth to live with us. Jesus saw himself, saw me as more important than his own life. He saw you as more important than his own suffering. He saw the person next to you as more important than the pain he would experience, the misery he would go through at the cross. And and when he died and he left his heavenly glory, he saw himself as less important for the greater mission. And the mission is this, your salvation, my salvation, your family's salvation, your friends, your workplace was less important than himself. He saw himself as least important. What did he do? He humbled himself before God. He humbled himself. And because he's humbled himself, God has exalted him. Scriptures say he is exalted and seated at the right hand of God. He's been given all authority on heaven and earth. First comes being confidently humble, then comes being exalted. Today, if you want to be exalted in this place, let me first say, maybe rethink that. But let me just say this, do what no one else wants to do. Get your hands dirty. Jesus came down, got his hands dirty in the muck and the mire, the sin, uh, uh, the rags of humanity, your sin, my sin, and God exalted him. He is in the heavenly realms. If you want to be exalted, do the stuff that everyone is too important for. We need to see others as more important. See what others are going through as just as important. And see yourself as least important. Today, where do you sit? Where are you on this scale? Confident versus arrogance. Humbleness versus pride. Where are you? Where do you sit? Where is God's Holy Spirit maybe speaking to your life today? Which, which are you? What, what do you think God would say? So many times people come to me for advice to ask a question of me and I ask them, what's God saying? Before you come to me, I'm just a man. Go to God and ask God, what are you, God, what are you saying about this situation in your life? Then come to me and I'm going to ask you, what's God saying? God, what do you say about my life? Confident humility. 
confidence instead of arrogant confidence in self. God is my confidence. See, here's what you need to know. Everything else is going to pass away. Everything else is going to let you down. Can I just say, beautiful women here today, you're going to be beautiful forever. But not as beautiful one day as you are at the moment. Men, strong, tough, big, muscular men. You're going to be strong forever, but one day maybe not as strong as you are today. You're going to get let down. Things are going to happen. You're going to get old. Things are going to fail you. But can I tell you, the one who will never fail you is God. He's never going to fail you. Your confidence is in God. In Him will I trust. And now I live a life of God confidence in all situations. Because I know that greater is He that is in me. I know that what I'm going through, man, I'm in a fight. I may be in a struggle. I may be in what an addiction. I may be in something, but I know, God, you're with me. And if I would just admit it and hand it to God, if I would just call out and say, God, I need you, He will come into our lives no matter what. He's who He said He is. He will do what He said He will do. To have that humility, to have a humbleness of heart, to say there is there but for the grace of God go I. There but for the grace of God go I. But for God's grace, every single one of us is facing an eternity separated from Him, facing an eternity in, in hell separated. But for God's grace, if you believe in Jesus Christ this morning, if you've invited into your life, but by God's grace, you will spend an eternity with Him. And today, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never given your life to Him today. First time in church, 1,000th time in church. Brought up in a Christian home, brought up in a home where there was no religion. It makes no difference. The big difference is, do you believe in Jesus Christ and have you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior? Maybe you're here today and you haven't done that. I want to give you that opportunity very, very shortly in a couple of moments to do that today but see I'm humble enough to admit that I'm nothing special but for God's grace having come upon my life and I acknowledge my need for him and I put him where he rightfully belongs in the number one position of my life let's pray this morning God today in this place this morning right here right now on the podcast on the live stream Jesus I just pray right now Lord God in this place Jesus